Welcome to the Wellspring Community Church Podcast, where we exist to help real people find real hope in a real world. We hope today's message encourages you. Let's get into today's episode. Well, greetings from Colorado, where we do not know how to play football, (laughs) apparently. I asked um, Pastor Joey when was the last time he had a Baptist preached to his church he said never (laughs) well not only do you have a Baptist preaching to you this morning you have what's worse a Southern Baptist (laughs) I'm a third generation Southern Baptist pastor I've been a pastor since 1984 and uh, but in spite of that I got invited to be with you Would you listen to the word of God with me, please? Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 22. We know that the whole world, I'm sorry, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we Wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is God's word. I have three sons. They're all grown men now with their own families. But when my youngest son, Caleb, was about 12 years old, he and I used to go to a coffee house in the Seattle area where we lived at that time and drink coffee and visit. And it was our kind of bonding time. And I love those Saturday mornings. We did it every Saturday morning for a few years. Then we would leave that coffee house and walk across the parking lot to a bookstore. And I would go to read books that I was interested in, and he went to read or look at Star Wars books, because that's what he was into (laughs) and still is. Um, But one morning, we were walking across that parking lot, and he was really excited to start telling me about a new video game that he and his brothers had And I don't care one whit about video games. I don't understand them. I don't have an opinion about them. I just have no understanding at all how they work. But he really loves video games. And so he was telling me about this video game and all that it could do. And I decided that I was going to feign interest in his video game and then act as if I knew something about the video game 
And so I began to say things like, Caleb, that's not how that works. You don't go down that hallway. You go down this hallway, and if you hit this button, you'll get these rewards. And he said, that's not true, Dad. And then he would tell me more, and I would ask questions, and I would disagree, and I prodded, and I poked. And finally, after a few minutes, I just was egging him on, just being ornery with him. And I finally, I just said, Caleb, you don't know what you're talking about. And he said, yes, I do, Dad. You just don't know what you're listening to. He's not wrong. I wonder if you know what you were listening to just a few moments ago when I read from the Word of God about the groans. There are groans in this passage that if we can hear them, I believe can change our lives. Groans that if we will pay attention to them can give us direction Groans that if we would listen carefully to them can touch our souls and bring healing. Can you hear the groans? I invite you this morning to listen carefully to these groans. The first groan from God's word is the groan of the world. You can see it in the word of God where it says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth up into this present time, the groans of the world. And almost 20 years ago, I was in a group that summited Mount Baker in the northern Cascade Mountains of Washington State. Now, I know you guys don't have mountains down here. In fact, you don't have hills down here. <laughs> but we climb Mount Baker. Mount Baker stands at 10,700 feet. It's the second most glaciated peak in the Pacific Northwest. Only Mount Rainier has more glaciers on it than Mount Baker. At about 10,000 feet, the night before we summited Mount Baker, we were camped on a glacier and we were eating our evening meal. And while we were eating the meal, I heard, we all heard, this rumble, this deep rumble. I thought it was thunder. I looked up, but there was not a cloud in the sky. And someone said, oh, the mountain is groaning tonight. What we determined was that the glacier was moving under our feet. And what we were hearing was the groan of the mountain. Can you hear the groans of this world? We live in a world that is groaning for a new birth, a new creation, a new wholeness. There are wars, the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel. The world is groaning. There are more people today in slavery than any other time in the history of humanity. We think we've done away with slavery. We have not. According to the U.S. State Department, 27 million people around the globe are in slavery today. The world is groaning. There are estimated between 75 and 199 million tons of plastic floating in our oceans with an additional 33 billion pounds of plastic poured into the oceans every year. The world is groaning. 
In the year 2023, there have been 643 mass shootings. Mass shootings were defined by mass shooting tracker as an incident of violence involving a gun where four or more people are shot. 643 mass shootings in our country, latest of which in Lewiston, Maine, where a single government killed 18 people and wounded 13. The world is groaning. There's the objectification of women in pornography. There is the exploitation of children everywhere. There are sexual abuse cover-ups in trusted organizations like the Roman Catholic Church, the Boy Scouts of America, and the Southern Baptist Convention. And the list could go on and on. The world is groaning. But God loves this world. God loves his art. He created this world. He loves this world. He wants to redeem it. He wants to save it. He wants to heal it, and he wants to restore it. And against any dualistic idea that heaven is good and earth is bad, I want to remind you that from the first book of Genesis, the first few chapters of the book of Genesis, every day after God created his art, do you remember what he said about it? It is good. Day two, it is good. Day three, it is good. Day four, it is good. Five, it is good. Six, it is good. When God looked at this world he created, he said, it is is good then we come along and now it's groaning in Genesis 9 there's a word about the covenant that God created we know it as the rainbow look at what it says in chapter 9 verse 16 whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds God says I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. God established a covenant with this good earth. Now that's a very inclusive couple of verses. I don't know if you saw those inclusive words there, but when God says he established a covenant between me and all life of the earth, what life is included in the word all? All of it. God loves this world. Sometimes people criticize the theology of modern day praise songs but I have a problem with some of the theology in older hymns. Here's an example. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I wonder what Paul would say if he heard that hymn. I think he would say, when you turn your eyes upon Jesus, the things of this earth will become crystal clear Christ is the light of the world and by his light we see life Christ lights up a world that is filled with beauty and brutal heartache and the closer I get to Jesus and the deeper I look into his face the more I'm able to see the groans of this world I become much more sensitive to it 
and I remember that he loves this world. In fact, the most popular and oft-quoted verse in all of the word of God is a verse that says, for God so, what? Loved the what? World and gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loves this world. That's why Jesus, when asked, for, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. He said, well, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, pray up there to come down here to work on the groans. This is God's will. Jesus does not want us to sit around in our red shirts hoping Scotty will beam us up and get us out of this dark world. He wants us to do something about the groans that we hear because he loves this world. So what is groaning in the world right now that you can hear that God might be calling you to move towards. What is the groaning of the world that you can hear? It might be young families that need a mentoring family. It might be a senior adult who needs some companionship because they have a family when the kids and the grandkids have quit calling and quit visiting. It might be racial reconciliation that needs to occur in some part of your community in your world where you could step in and invite a person of color to your home and share a meal with them it might be someone struggling with mental illness that needs an advocate that you need to come alongside of it might be an after-school program that needs volunteers and the list could go on and on. You're in a sermon series about to the ends of the earth, and you saw that video. There are places for you to plug in. There are places for you, if you can hear the groans, that you can say, I can do something. I can do something about that ministry. I would encourage you to pray about and think through, where do you hear groans that the leadership of this church need to know about? Can you hear them? What will change the world? I believe it will change incrementally when we look away from the fear mongers of the political left and the political right and we look to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, and when we look at him and in his face, while we're looking at him, we will hear the groans of this world and a calling perhaps to do something about them. You want to know maybe what your calling is? Your calling probably could be discovered if you would answer this question. What makes you weep or pound the table? When you hear something of the groan of this world and it causes tears to well up in your eyes or it makes you so angry, you say somebody needs to do something about this. That might be a clue that that is a groan that God's calling you towards. What makes you weep or pound the table? Another way to think about groans is this quote from Frederick Buechner. He said this, the place God calls you to 
is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. That is good. That was worth you coming here for today. The place that God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So what's the groan of this world that's grabbing your heart right now? We find our ministry and our vocation when we're able to hear those groans and move towards them to help. But that's not the only groan. There's a second groan, and that's the groan of your own soul. You groan. You see it in verse 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship to the redemption of our bodies. God's people groan. I wonder if you could hear your own groan. An older pastor told me one time, Joe, always remember that every human being sits next to a pool of their own tears. That means every single person in this room this morning are sitting next to a pool of their own tears. Tears that no one may actually know about except you. Can you hear the groan in your own heart? What are those groans? Do you remember that time when Jesus came to Mary Magdalene in chapter 20 after he had been raised from the dead? Mary had gone to the tomb. She was going to go help prepare his body, finish the task of preparing it for burial. And as she got to the tomb, Jesus appears to her, apparently disguised as a gardener, because this is what the scripture tells us. Jesus came up to Mary while she was there, and she, he says, woman, why are you weeping? She supposed him to be the gardener and said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. This is the man that she loved more than anything else in the world. This is the man that had brought healing to her life. This is the man that had restored her life. This is the man who had given her a reason to live, and now he's gone, and she's brokenhearted, and Jesus comes to her while she's weeping, disguised as the gardener, and just asks the question, why are you weeping? I think it's beautiful that he came as a gardener. He planted a seed of hope. He planted a seed of new beginnings. He planted a seed of restoration again into her heart. He said, woman, why are you weeping? I wonder if you can hear your own groans, and I wonder if we were quiet enough here this morning, you could hear Jesus come to you and say, woman, woman, why are you weeping? Sir, when no one's around, and you're staring at the window of your life and you're feeling the groan deep down. I wonder if you could hear Jesus say, sir, why are you weeping? Because here's what Mary discovered that day. 
she discovered that in her broken heart, Jesus resurrected, met her at her brokenness. And he's willing to do that again today for you if you will listen to your own groans. Maybe it's a groan of despair. It might be a groan of anxiety. It might be a groan of loneliness. It may be a groan of a loss of direction for your life. It may be a groan for your children or your grandchildren. You're groaning about it. It may be a, a loss that you don't even, can't even name, but there's a groan. Can we listen to that? That's the place where the resurrected Christ would like to meet you, that place of groaning. This is where he comes as a gardener with seeds of the gospel to plant beside your groan see life come again listen to your groans listen to the groans of the world last groan can you imagine that God groans that's what it says it says that God groans look at it in verse 26 in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Spirit groans. Over the years as a pastor, I've had people ask me many times, why does God allow so much suffering and heartache in this world? And I've never found an answer that when I gave it, people went, oh, well, that makes sense. I've never found a good answer. So I can't answer why God allows so much heartache and so much suffering to be in this world. But what I can tell you is this. God sees it. God feels it. God knows about it. God groans alongside it. God weeps. God grieves. God watches and then in, engages in the suffering of this world. In fact, the greatest sufferer in the universe is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and God became what? Flesh. That's how much God loves us, is that he became one of us and experienced all of the same heartaches and pain and sorrow that you experience. And so while I can't tell you why he allows so much pain and suffering, I can't tell you why you groan and this world groans very much, but I can tell you that there is a God of the universe who comes alongside us in our groans. And sometimes I have to ask this question, do I want my groan to go away or do I want the God who groans to be with me in my groan? Because sometimes I can't have both of those things. And I'll tell you, I would prefer to have the God who groans to groan with me. The prophet Isaiah reminds us he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He stood outside the gates of Jerusalem one time and he began to weep and cried out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, 
how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen would gather her chicks under her wings. This is the Jesus we worship. He stood outside of the tomb of one of his closest friends, and John tells us that Jesus began to weep. This is the God we worship. When he hung on the cross, he's his life groaning before all of mankind, the scripture says, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is the God of the Bible, the God who groans. But did you notice in this groaning that it's a groaning of intercession? It's a groaning of prayer. Look with me again at verse 26. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us, prays for us with wordless groans. You think about this for a minute. Right now, this very moment in the cosmic universe, Jesus is standing at the right hand of God the Father. And the scriptures tell us that Jesus is interceding on behalf of his people to the Father. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and lives inside of you. And in something that I don't understand, it, it, it looks to me like what this is saying is that the Holy Spirit reaches up in heaven and grabs those prayers that Jesus is uttering to the Father and brings them down into my heart. And then from my heart, in my heart, through my heart, out of my heart, the Holy Spirit, in wordless groans, brings those prayers back to the Father. There is a prayer vigil going on in my heart 24-7, going on in your heart every day of your life. You go to work, there's a prayer service in your spirit. You go to home and there's a prayer vigil that's happening in you. Right now, the Holy Spirit, no matter what you're carrying around in your life, the Holy Spirit is praying that groan back to God. So maybe turn down cable news for a minute. Maybe turn up the quiet in your life just a minute so that you can listen to the groans that the Spirit is praying from deep inside you right now. And I don't know how the Spirit is praying for you today. Maybe the Spirit is just praying that you will come to repentance today, that for the first time in your life, you've been coming to church, you sing the songs, you may even serve in ministry here. But maybe for the first time, you're hearing the Holy Spirit say, you do a lot of church things and religious things, but you do not have a relationship with me. And maybe the groan is, could you come to Jesus and stop relying on your own efforts to write your life and give it to Jesus? Maybe the Spirit is praying today that you'll pay attention to your own pain and you'll find someone to talk to about that pain. But maybe the Spirit is praying that you will listen to the groans of this world 
and give your time, your talent, your life experience to make a difference in a particular place, in a particular way. I don't know how the Spirit is praying for you. I know He is, though. I told you I had three sons. My oldest son, when he was about six years old, he wanted to be a pastor. He wanted to be like his dad. He doesn't want to do that anymore, but at that time, it was really wonderful and beautiful, adorable. He came to me one day and he said, hey dad, how can you tell when God is speaking to you? That's an interesting question. I said, well, you know, when your little brother Clint, when he falls and hurts himself, when he falls down, and you go over and you pick him up and you hug him and you tell him it's okay and ask him if he's all right, who told you to do that? Because I've seen you do that many times. And he thought a minute and he went, oh, that's him. That's him. I wonder if you could learn to say, oh, that's him. It's an awesome power resource that most of us don't recognize. But if you quiet, you might be able to hear it. But I promise you, God almost always speaks in a whisper. Can you hear me? In a whisper. That means there's going to have to be a place in your life where you quiet down, lean forward, and listen for God's room. And so, my friends, May you be still enough and quiet enough. Tune your spiritual ears to the groans of this world, your own heart, and to God in such a way that when he whispers, you can say, oh, that's him. That's him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, by your grace, we are saved through faith. And I pray, Lord, that this time of quiet before you, that you would allow us to hear the groans of the world, of our own souls, and of you. I pray in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about Wellspring Community Church, visit our website at wellspringfl.com. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend services. We'll see you in the next episode.